Good evening, Patriots. And it is Thursday, December 1st in the year 2022 on the West Coast. And you are already well into, yeah, the next day, Friday on the East Coast. Because this is Bard's late night, Fishers, tonight. I'll tell you what that is. That's crazy. Hey, I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in tonight. It's, it is late. It's an hour late. And the reason is that we've been doing some one-on-one ministry down at um, Glad Tidings Church, and it ran a bit late, but it was a fantastic day working with some great people in their ministry section and working with some people that were just really amazing folks that we were working with today. So just a great day of the Holy Spirit and watching how prayer works and just uh, seeing how the healing the healing of, of Jesus can affect so many people. So that's that's a good thing. Before we begin tonight, I want to encourage you to take an assessment of how you're handling your 401ks, your IRAs, those investment accounts, because we are in some pretty crazy times. And there are some folks over at Birch Gold that can really help to make sure that those investments are secure into solid assets, precious metals. It's really should be our duty anyway, because the fiat system that we're part of is completely a sham and it's our money is what God gives us. It's a stewarding and it's best to steward it in precious metals and solid assets and Birch Gold folks can help a lot. Patriots, will the lack of red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer? By diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text BARDS to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. That's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to text it to 989898. This has been a fairly intense last few days as we've dealt with the Balenciaga issue. And it has gotten us into some pretty heavy discussions about the nature of our world. It's kind of the heavy burdens in which we face to have to deal with a lot of the wounded souls that are out there, the children and the people that are victims of it. And it is, it is a heavy walk. It's also a place right now when we start to look across this world and we look at the level of deception, that the two of those things combined between the deceptions and the lying and cheating that are just happening everywhere, and then this other component of the children, which continues to be the hub of everything, hub around everything is built, we're easily left in a place of feeling fairly incapable and disempowered and having to just turn blindly to God and just say, fix it. And that's really not the intent of the message, nor should it be the objective of what we're trying to do. God's going to work with us and through us, and we, but we do have dominion over the earth. 
So I want to begin tonight with a, I guess we'll begin tonight with Jeremiah 8.8 8, and just kind of look things in context first of all. And then and it, Jeremiah 8.8 8 reads, how can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us, but behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. That's kind of the way our entire world works. So we have politicians and we have people around, we have pulpits that are constantly telling us that we are wise and that the Lord is with us. And yet everywhere we turn, things are hitting us in the face. We have a judicial system that doesn't work. We know that there is this all this horrific activity going on from drug trafficking to human trafficking to child sex trafficking. We know that the elections are rigged and stolen. Our money is is taken from us and used for nefarious causes. Our men and women are sent across the seas to fight wars that have little to do for anything other than the benefit of the bankers. And the list just goes on. And all along we're hearing things like, the Lord is with us and we're wise in wisdom because he gives us that. And there, it really ends up being quite a dichotomy and a, quite a hypocrisy in our own lives on a daily basis. We sit in the church and we hear the similar message in different forms in most churches and we come away going, oh yeah, that's right. And so what ends up ends up happening is that people are, in my opinion, but I don't think it's just my opinion, but I, we see it around us. And what's happening is people are becoming highly disempowered and they're becoming and they're separating themselves from action. They, they hear the message that the Lord is with us. They witness a world that's upside down and that nothing that we do seems to make any difference. And so the, the choice is too often to disengage, to have nothing to do with anything and simply say, okay, Jesus, come fix this. And yet it's, we're under dominion. We're being given dominion of the earth. Jesus has been given dominion of heaven and earth, and we're, and yet we have dominion of earth. And we keep looking to someone else to fix it. And with that comes along this other component, which is our tendency as a public and people around the world to worship idols, whether it's pop stars or sports stars or whether it's people in the polit- political realm we or corporate businessmen. We're seeking people that will somehow in one way or another, take us out of this and give us hope and purpose. Sports are a great example of that because they give us a momentary flash of excitement and hope that our team will win or a person will do something great and we can root for somebody and we can watch somebody win when we ourselves feel that we don't have any chance of winning in our lives. Politicians do the same thing. Politicians say things and we say go and we're going to worship them and, and they're going to change the world when the more that we've learned about the system, we know that that's a complete lie, that the system is so big and that there's so much corruption that no one person is actually going to change any of it. And that leaves us into a default position of having to turn to God, in my opinion, for the wrong motive. I don't think God is going to mind us turning to him in any way, but for the greater purpose of solving and correcting this world, our motive tends to be to turn to God in such a way that's in a desperation. It's, it leads to things like revelation ministries that are telling you that the end of the world or end of the world prophecy ministries, that everything is going to end, everything's going to die, there's going to be nothing left. It's the end of times, turn to the Lord or you'll be left behind and you're going to hell. And sadly, in the various forms of that, it's all a representation of disempowerment of the people. 
at the heart of everything, we have always been given dominion. We have dominion to to execute here on earth and to do and to use and to have dominion over evil. But we're not doing this in such a way that it's manifesting in the world because we continue to be reliant on others to do our bidding for us. And again, a natural outcome of a group of, of a people that for a large part has, has lost hope. And as we have lost hope, we're always looking towards someone else to give us that hope, which for some, that hope is found in the expectation, hope, or longing for Jesus to come and return and to fix it. For others, it's rejection of all things and simply wait their time out here on earth. For others, it's rejection even of faith to just say, I'm just going to live for myself and do my thing. You've heard me read Luke 10, 19 multiple times beyond count. I'm going to read it again. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. But I think we're missing one of the great gifts that's happened here. And I, and I will put myself first on the forefront here of often not mentioning or highlighting this important part of the gift. And that is the understanding that we've made massive progress as humanity to wake up and that there's been many people more coming to Jesus. And that God's timing has been steadily doing that and we're still here. We haven't seen a nuclear war that's erased us. We haven't seen a civil war that's left us bloodied and, and dis- destroyed within. We hear a lot of concerns about what this government's going to do to us. Those concerns haven't as of yet manifested to the degree that we said we were expecting them to. There is no question that there is death happening from the COVID shot. No question at all about that. And those are things that we're re- in reality we're witnessing. But again, there's a lot here that we are, I think we're missing in a greater lesson to what God is offering us. And this, I, for me, this clue to this rests in Jeremiah 15, 19. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you return, then I will restore you. You will stand before me. And if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. They, for their part, may turn to you, but as for you, you are not to turn to them. This is really the walk for me of the remnant. And I think it's a very profound insight Scripture gives us as to where we sit. God is giving us a chance right now to enhance our discernment. And in doing so, being able to separate and see more clearly where the lies are, where the evil is, where the darkness is, and find that path towards him, deeper in him, and closer in our relationship to Jesus. The door has been opened as we do this to walk more heavily in kingdom authority. And even when we find the darkest of dark, like the children issue that Balenciaga has brought forward, which we've talked about extensively, what we have to always remember is that as those issues come up, it is first and foremost our duty, our expectation, our responsibility to pray for them. 
prayers are very powerful and in the time when things do get very frustrating and we are understanding that this is truly a deep and systemic issue into this entire global affairs. One of the messages that I feel that I'm accountable for in the last few days in in talking about this topic is that there hasn't been a, a clear action <clears throat> there hasn't been a clear action plan to lead to results other than to say we need to make children a priority. And that is not something I I can't stand doing that, quite frankly, on the channel, and I, I know that I've done it. And I bring this up because what that ends up resulting is it creates disempowerment. The concept of information warfare and psychological warfare is something I'm pretty intimate with. And when you're implementing these sorts of campaigns, there's a number of objectives that you may want to achieve in an information warfare and, and PSYOP campaign. One of them is to invert truth or confuse truth to such a degree that institutions and people and even neighbors themselves can't trust one another. Another big effect of uh, when you're waging a war on an enemy, you want to disempower their action. You want to make their actions seem futile so that they have no intent, no desire, or even hope of being able to win. That's the idea is to sever hope and optimism from the current, from the battle space so that they are left with the only one solution, which is either self-sacrifice for no purpose or then that counter move is to be disempowered, to choose to do nothing. And so the magnitude of the child sex trafficking issue is one that I'm going to continue to pursue and talk about because I, this is one of these very difficult mazes that we're walking in. But what ends up happening in, the, in that entire topic is that either it gets so dark that people are left lamenting and begging for Christ to come doing nothing, or on the flip of it, it leaves people angry and pissed off and then disempowered because they can't pick up their tools of war like guns and knives and hunt down the, the perpetrators of this and do justice to what's been done to, for, against the innocent. Those, that is a natural state of affairs within that topic of child sex trafficking. And it's one that is by design, in my opinion. They've done it in such a way as to create a, a essentially, essentially an emotional OODA loop so that we are always circulating around that. And so by default, many of the accounts, many of the channels that are out here speaking about child sex trafficking tend not to do it very often. And then those that are doing the hard work are trying to get enough support, having to go one extreme or the other. They're either going to try to soft shoe this and focus on the just the recovery and bringing children back to the mainstream of life, or are you going to talk about the fringe groups that are actually getting in and digging it out? But we don't have a main body force, which would be the Patriot movement, which would be the remnant focused on child sex trafficking because these pendulum swings that occur leave us with few options or so it seems. I think if we take a step back from this a little bit and we reconsider what's being said in Jeremiah fifteen nineteen, and if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. These are important words. 
we have to notice and identify the problem. We have to learn to discern. We have to have facts before us. We're going to hear a lot of stories and do hear a lot of stories. We've heard stories for six years now of the children being rescued from tunnels. I will say this. If children were really being rescued from tunnels, there's no possible way after six years there wouldn't be photographs. But, and I'm telling you that from anybody, the person that's worked even with the most elite special operations teams, you're still going to find photographs. There is no way this didn't, that that would happen. So there's a, there's a lot of storytelling going on which elevate up a lot of expectations and hope that once again have deliver no goods. They don't deliver the receipts. And in so doing, it is again an action of disempowerment. The war that we are in is so convoluted from an information space. And the PSYOP is designed specifically to accomplish those things with the American public, disempower them, and have them sit on the side and eat popcorn while someone else supposedly does the dirty work. It's created a messiah complex. I mean, to consider Q as we look at this, because Q is the one that brought a lot of the child sex trafficking things to the forefront. It was there before, and I was talking about it long before Q ever came on, but nonetheless, Q brought it into a, a broader mainstream discussion. But we don't talk about that much about Q anymore. I mean, in that aspect of Q. What we hear about Q is trust the plan. That's one of the mantras, right? Military is, is the only way. And it had to be this way. Those are your three key takeaways from Q if you followed it. And was basically what keeps reoccurring all the time as the theme of Q. And in, and in that sense, we have every right to reject that. And we should, except that many people cling on to it. Because once again, it represents a Messiah complex. They're looking for someone else to fix it for them. The end result is, is as we end up with these sorts of circular narratives, we end up manufacturing ourselves into a hole and put ourselves into a self-created cage to where we do nothing and the suffering continues. We forget the power of our relationship in God in all of this. Instead of waiting for him to come and asking for him to fix it, we could be praying into him to asking him where we need to go next. And this is, again, the problem with this topic of child sex trafficking, which is another reason that more people need to cover it and more reason we need to cover it more here. It's because, again, and I see this, I get the emails, I see the text, I, I see this around that when we bring this subject up, it's so shocking to people that the, the counter reaction, the, the instinctual reaction is, oh Lord, oh Jesus, come save us, take us away. That's not what God intends for us. We have dominion here. And to constantly be seeking to escape through Jesus is not fixing the problem here. It's we're failing in our mission. And that is unfortunately a side effect of also a weak pulpit. And it goes back to this again of talking about the salvation through Christ and the way we need to walk in the world and the way we need to be just and the way we need to love each other and love thy neighbor. And it's a pretty difficult message to translate when you go out and you discover that your neighbor is a is an uber liberal that just can't stand talking to you or they're some, something else. You have a neighbor that just hates you and just is rude. Or maybe you don't even know your neighbor at all. 
And then we have all these other layers of division that have been placed in our society when we're supposed to be looking at people now from a suspicious eye of whether they're, maybe they're, maybe it's a woke. You don't know if they're woke or not woke. They might have a BLM sign on their outdoors out of their house. And so suddenly you're going to start questioning whether they're really people or whether they're, they're like insurgents or they're going to be violent. And if we see BLM, we immediately think of Antifa or maybe they're just folks with a lot of money that you're in or just a normal working folks and they don't interact at all. My, my point is that it's difficult in the translation of the message from the pulpit to the reality of the world. And what ends up happening? We talk in euphemisms. We say things like, love thy neighbor. Like, okay, cool, I love thy neighbor. We say things like, trust in God. Okay, I trust in God. But do we really? And are we really loving our neighbor? Are we, do we really trust in God? And I think the reflection of that is how we are doing an action in everything that we do. There is no question in my mind that one of the principal issues that we face right now is the protection of the children. In this layered and multifaceted attack of a PSYOP and information war that's being waged on us, in this country and is being waged on every other person that listens to this channel in any country that you're in. In this multi-tiered and multifaceted information war, truth is being slaughtered, trust is being slaughtered, and our ability to discern is being dimmed. That's what they want. But if we really are honest about where we've been, and if we're really honest with ourselves and each other about where we stand. What we arrive to is another realization that isn't their narrative of distrust and disempowerment, but rather God's narrative of waking up empowerment and embracing the inheritance that he intends for us. Because if you consider where you were, where I was, any of us consider where we were three years ago, five years ago, we're not the same people. And arguably, especially with Bard's Nation, where we were in our relationship with God, how we walked with Jesus, I would argue has transformed for every single person over the last five years. Over the last 10, for that matter. But in focusing this is over the last five years. And it's become deeper and more intimate. We are being affected by a psyop that in fact isn't even true in the realities that we walk, but we're not paying attention to it. We're not giving ourselves enough credit on the amount of change that has occurred and the amount of change that we can make, the uh, the amount of impact that we can make, because we're not seeing immediate results. And so again, I go back to some of the intensity of talk that we've had this week, which I see as necessary about child sex trafficking. But as an unintended consequence, the potential is there to become disempowered. And I'm saying this honestly because I've seen the messages already. There was an interview that I did with Seth Holhouse, Man in America. I did it on Tuesday. It aired today on YouTube. And I, I jumped into chat for a little bit just to say hello to the folks. And what I saw was the same type of questioning. One was the, uh, there was an awakening moment for a number of people that were literally saying, of course, I didn't, I was essentially, I didn't realize, but now I see that children are the center point of all things in this fight. That's great. 
But then I see a lot of the other messages. What are we supposed to do? And then there comes that third layer, which comes right out of Q. Military is the only way. Trust the plan. It had to be this way. Those are your three narratives that are a catch-all because it gives people peace and a sense of hope. And that's when I had that moment, along with a very good conversation I had about this general nature of these things with Brad Cummings, Pastor Brad Cummings tonight on the way back from, from the uh, Glad Tidings Church. And as I started to realize the impact of these sorts of messaging. If we're not careful, we can become our own psyop. And in becoming our own psyop, it's not a psyop of positive, it's a psyop of negative to where what we say and the stories we build themselves, if we don't provide an avenue for action and understand the context of what we can achieve, we ourselves are psyoping ourselves to another place of disempowerment and disengagement. I don't know how you've resonated with the messages over the last week. And I know that some have been grateful for them. Some have been impacted heavily by them. Some have been contemplating heavily on what this actually means. And I've had some that just are frustrated because they don't know what to do. And as the voice on this site, that's my accountability and my responsibility across that entire spectrum. And so what I want to just kind of zero in on here is that we do have a tremendous amount of impact that we can make. And that's where, again, we have to go back to the context of where we were and to where we are. At the pinnacle of the, the awakening was 2017 and, and 2018, which is when Q was at its full tilt. And there was a Q there that we were literally engaged with and we were learning a lot from. But it wasn't Q that we should be focusing on. And even the Q worshipers now and the people that worship the book of Q, have, they have gone way, way off base. And I don't even say that as my opinion. It's just a simple fact. Because what has been missed in that entire movement was fellowship. And it was an awakening of understanding that if we work together, we could find the truths. If we work together, we could communicate the truths and wake others up to join the army in pursuit of truth. And that in itself was the greatest movement on earth. And when we go along that path, as you start to realize that there is such a thing as pure evil, there are so many then that say, well, if there are so pure evil, then there is such a thing as God. And these are people that have never believed in God. And there's a miraculous process within all of that over the last few years that we've all been part of. But then when we hit that freight train called COVID, by design, it shattered a lot of the unity that we were building, or at least the perception of what we had. But that has not, we've not lost it. We just aren't acknowledging it. Consider how quickly now a story breaks and how fast, as a collective community, we can unravel the truth to it. The Balenciaga story is a good example. I don't know who picked it up originally, but that story, which was just simply an ad campaign, went from zero to 100 miles an hour, literally, in about 48 hours, and it was global. And over the ensuing days, it even percolated up to mainstream media which is incredible. 
to the point the mainstream media is defending it and they're also criticizing it. Some of that criticisms, like Tucker Carlson mentioning it, mentioning it, I think is more about placating and trying to to tamp down the extreme reactions to this because they know it's that bad. And so they're trying to validate the concepts that people speak and therefore disempower again the people, to letting them know that, yes, you're heard, good little slaves. Now keep in your lane and we'll do something about it, which we know they won't. There's many, many action asks that I get of what are we going to do? How are we going to bring justice? What's going to happen with these people getting away? And we keep looking to that institution that's been corrupted. Jeremiah 8.8 8 again. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. And that's exactly what we are witnessing. So the real question is, what is the path we're wanting to choose? Are we going to want to get upset at this institution because it's not delivering the justice that we want? And are we going to allow that to continue to corrupt our hearts? Leaving us with a heart laden with anger and frustration, perhaps hatred, pain, suffering? Or do we want to let that go? And realize that this system is completely broken. And realize where the real power is that we have as people. I understand that we want justice quickly. We all do. And the child sex trafficking is one of those issues that is very easy to visualize justice being handed quickly. It's also very easy to, it's a very important issue to deal with because it is a purely black and white issue. There's no gray space about whether you should or should not abuse a child. There is no gray space there. There's no gray space of whether a child should be raped or not raped. There's no gray space about whether a child should have it be shocked and terrorized to the degree that they can extract adrenochrome from itself to market on the, uh, to market on the open market for the elites. There's no gray space in those topics. And therefore, the topic of child sex trafficking is extremely important to keep on the forefront of everything we do. Because it quickly separates out the wheat from the chaff. But because of the nature of child sex trafficking being a physical thing, a damaging thing, and because there's really a lot of extremely good people in this world, and this is where we truly see the, the greatness of the people by the compassion that they're moved to be part of when it comes to children. And no, patriots, not all of them walk with Jesus. But this isn't a war right now where we need to be out here saying, well, you walk with Jesus and you can be on my team and you don't walk with Jesus so you can't be on my team. We need every heart that's willing to stand and fight for the right things to be with us and then trust in God to deliver and do as he does so well, which also means bringing the many that are willing to Jesus. But our role right now is more important than ever and our mission forward should not be focused on the exact hour and day and time in which justice is going to be delivered. But rather, the importance of elevating and using our voice should be recognized now as one of the most powerful tools of war that's ever been deployed. And that's empowerment, not disempowerment. So yes, the discussions this past week have been very intense. They've been highly focused on a very dark and Deeply, deeply horrific topic when we get to the core of it. 
And I don't think any one of us is immune from tears when we see or even horrific thoughts of vengeance when we get to the issue of children being brutalized for the pleasure of some sick cult. And this is, again, another one of these very difficult walks, and I'll get to that in a second, but I just want to make sure that we understand that in this place, first and foremost, we have to begin literally in prayer. And we're praying for the children, but we're not just praying for them. We're praying for their safety. We're praying for their for the end of this child sex trafficking. We're praying for the justice to be delivered. And that justice may be ultimately by our hand at some point. And so that is where we get into the need to continually be aware of this topic, share this topic, bring this topic into light so that people understand what is going on. But understand as well that between us, we have the greatest actions we could ever do, which is the research that we do to constantly elevate it. And this involves every one of us. And this again goes back to one of those little nuggets of the early cue that we had down pretty well is that it didn't matter whether your account was five people or 5,000 people or 500,000 people. Every single person's participation in the information war was critical and necessary for the greater awakening. And that was very easy to visualize and understand when Twitter was the hub. But once that broke away, that whole concept seemed to shatter quite a bit. Because people will go to other sources and they're saying, well, it's not like Twitter because I don't get as many hits. We should know by now that most of those hits were bots anyway. And information dissemination doesn't have to be strictly on social media. It can be face-to-face over coffee. It can be talking to a school board. It can be engaging your county commission. It can be talking to your sheriff. It's a constant and perpetual cycle of pushing information out to counter the master narratives that are trying to keep you down. In particular, when we talk about child sex trafficking, this is one of the most important issues to bring forward, and it has to be brought forward. But unless we get our handle on our emotional reaction and start understanding the anchor of our feet on that rock of faith, we're going to get derailed, and we're going to be sucked into those other places of hatred and anger and vengeance and fear and and broken hearts. God has us here right now to be mighty warriors. And that means we have to trust in God and know that God is very aware that his children are getting abused. And the first step in doing all of this is to elevate up this message to such a degree that the world begins to hear it. We started this fight with a few that refused to bow. We've grown this fight to where there's a fairly substantial body of people that won't bow. When things really get interesting is when that that substantial body becomes the majority and it's clear and plain that there's no way ever that we will bow. And that's when the elite suddenly start to realize how disempowered they are. They've known it all along. They've just convinced us that we're the weaker of the two. And because of that, when we come across these issues, these hard issues to look at, 
it's a difficult place for us to process because we we react and we want to do something now. But God's timing is not our timing. And that slow and steady process of awakening is necessary on many levels. One of the greatest successes that we can look to is the fact that we're not in a civil war. That we don't have people literally having panic attacks and dropping in the street over the shock of the reality of these horrors that are out here. And people are being slowly awakened at a steady pace and it's faster and faster every day. The information drops right now are accelerating exponentially. And our role in all of this is not to be reactive, but to be consoling, to have a loving and forgiving heart, and to be ready to walk people to where they need to be. Because people are going to lose their minds as they get closer to this. And I've said this all along, those that are emotionally anchored are going to become the most dangerous. It's easy for us to say things like, oh, good, he's going to go take out an elite. See, That's where it gets really complicated. And this is where we have to have such a clear heart. We really can't determine, as much as I've even talked about it, there is a pure evil out here. It's absolutely pure. And there is an evil that is going after children. And if we can identify it, it must be dealt with ruthlessly, without any compromise. Unfortunately, we still don't know what that evil is. We get glimpses at it. We get, in, we get indirect intelligence to points to it. But until we build that truth package where we can put our finger on it, our biggest thing we have to do is to bring more people into the fight, to focus in on it, to, dis- to discover the hidden files, to discover the, to put the story links together, and together as a collective whole, we work in a fellowship to bring forward the truth. Quick to the trigger is quick to judgment. And right now we need level heads more than ever. These stories are impassioned and they're designed to be a trap. Our trap is walking as the Holy Spirit wants us to walk. We're walking with Father on this. And his eyes to see are not going to be our eyes to see. We have to remember Father's level of forgiveness. It doesn't make us comfortable. It isn't even something that I can do. Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Christ at the end of his life. I'm not sure I can be that great, but I know Father is. So I have to trust in that. And so in this issue right now, a very pressing issue, a fight for the salvation of the world and the protection of the children. We need to keep our martial skills very high. We need to keep our attentiveness acute. You need to be vigilant in your daily activities. You can't go to sleep. You have to be persistent in the pursuit of truth and the facts that are real, not the ones that are made up. You have to present arguments to people with an impassioned understanding of where they are and where the truth is. And you have to bring the two together because if we just throw out concepts quick without details, many won't follow. 
We're not just leading breadcrumbs. We're having to make maps now so that they can follow it and understand. Remember, we've had five years, six years, 10 years. Many people are into weeks, days with this. But we can't get sloppy and we can't be disempowered. That's the big lesson here is that as we go through these levels and we're climbing this ladder, so to speak, and we're getting deeper into the darker truths. There is an understanding and expectation better that we're able to handle it now. That each step we are maintaining those foundations so that we can step into those truths and not react or emotionally respond. But keeping a level head so that as this comes together, as we continue to build the fellowships, the strength and community, the bigger groups that are coming back to, again, use the skills and the, the digging skills, the research to thoroughly look at this problem. We are building effective models that can be used. Imagine this for a simple example. If we're going to talk about child sex trafficking and we want action, the first step should be to build the intelligence packages so that you can build the information story to share it so that you can take it to your sheriff and present it as a case with enough evidence to initiate investigation and action. Now, if that all fails, now we're into a new game. But our actions are important and our actions are every day and our actions are all the time. It's not just a Sunday event. It's not just a Wednesday evening. This is walking with Father all the time. And so that means we're never disempowered. We're always empowered. That means we're never sitting on the side waiting. It means we're always moving. It means we're not in fear. It means we're fearless. And it means we're never lost or without direction because he's always going to give us enough to make the next step. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight in the reflection of things, humbly and gracious, graciously accepting all the goodwill and all the beautiful things you've provided for us in this world. This has been a difficult week, Father, a week that we've dug deep into hard topics, and they're hard topics because they're difficult on the emotions in our hearts, as we know and see and witness the different the evil that's out here that wants to truly harm the innocent. We pray tonight, Father, for that discernment that is so necessary right now to separate out the noise from the truth, to find the pathway through here to establish those maps of what this world is, how this world is working, what is actually happening to the children, what is that, and where are the actual facts putting the pieces together to start presenting this to people so that they become aware of the darker and most evil things lurking in the shadows to do our due diligence, to bring darkness to light and to continue the process of awakening while staying vigilant with our resolve, both in the sort of the spirit and the sort of steel. We are truly at a moment here, father, very much as Joshua was before he crossed the River Jordan, an army that's going into a fight that on one hand seemed to be 
a disempowered fight, a fight simply to walk around the city seven times and seven times on the seventh day to sing hymns and let the ark do the work. That was a, a moment in time that perhaps we don't appreciate enough, an army that had to trust in you in deeper and greater ways than ever before, to take those risks and to do those things that put their lives on the line and have trust that justice would be delivered by your hand as it was. So, Father, we pray tonight for those hearts, all hearts out here, to take the resolve and the position to understand that we are truly in a place now that this mission must move forward, that we must continue, no matter how heavy a burden it seems, to turn to you more deeply and to lift off that burden and to push harder forward, to seek the truth, to trust in that process of seeking truth and elevating up that truth for others to see and witness that the seeds will be sown to mobilize the masses even more. And in so doing, awaken a greater army that will seek you and seek their love in Jesus. And they're trusting in you to guide us as it would need be to deliver the justice that will set things right. Guide us in these times. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is a time now more than ever as, this, as these narratives pour down and shower us with all sorts of disinformation and psyop to discern, 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 discern. Do not let the psyop get into your head to tell you you should be disempowered. Face the hard facts head on and face them with courage, knowing that you can walk fearlessly with Jesus and that those burdens are off your shoulders. Trust in the Holy Spirit to guide you in your walk and put your heart into the prayers with Father that he will open your eyes to the things he needs you to do. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in.